Well, welcome to week three of why the world needs good life. We've talked about how the world needs Jesus. Now that's obvious. And Jesus says the world needs my church in order to get that message of love out. But when we realize that God's doing something unique within the life of Good Life Church, that He's placed something remarkable within the DNA of this people and the future of this people, well, we can do great things and get Jesus through to the community and through to our world. And so here we go. I've got a scripture for you with this week three of why the world needs good life. Today's message is entitled, I wasn't expecting that. Ephesians chapter three, verse 20. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power, that is at work within us. God wants to do great things in and through His church. And look, over the last couple of months, the way or the method of church has changed. The power of God, the principles of God, the priorities of God, the heart of God has never changed. He's not surprised by anything. Uh, But the methodology has had to change. And um, one thing that certainly has surprised me in that journey of when God wants to do immeasurably more than we could ask or think according to His work, within us as he builds his church, as he builds our church. I was not expecting the first service that we tried to record right here in what's now the studios of Good Life Church at Good Life Church, Newcastle. I was not expecting that as we gathered together to record some worship sets for for our services that we would be interrupted by the police. I was in the middle of doing teen time and all of a sudden I see through the glass doors just over there, uh, two officers in blue and then realized I better deal with that. Handed things over to the team and walked out. I was not expecting to be encountering the police who wanted to shut us down when we were just trying to record some services so we could get some things out. Um, That song, I wasn't expecting that, was an interesting song. Um, I don't know if you've heard it. You know, I wasn't expecting that. And the verses, the lyrics are pretty interesting. It's quite cute. Uh, It ends pretty sad, though. Um, It starts with, it was only a smile, but my heart, it went wild. Isn't that cute? Um, I wasn't expecting that. Just a delicate kiss anyone could have missed. I wasn't expecting that. Look, I'm just thinking, if you're remembering the first kiss that you're having with your missus, mate, how you could have missed it. Anyone could have missed it. Mate, it's meant to make your heart beat. But he says, I wasn't expecting that. There's an interesting um, song. Did I misread the sign? Your hand slipped into mine. I wasn't expecting that. Like, I don't know if you've ever like been walking down the street or walking along or you at work or I was actually walking with a friend just getting some exercise and uh, we were walking along Merriweather right along the front with the million of other people across the beaches there at Newcastle and then trying to avoid all the people and the dogs uh, everyone's out there to get their exercise and you've had that time when you're walking along with a friend and your hand kind of brushes kind of awkwardly into theirs and you're thinking uh yeah no romance here for me I think that's a perfect explanation of I wasn't expecting that with your hand slipped into mine. But this guy's obviously, things are progressing and he's not really expecting it. And so it's an interesting song and it's a cute song. Uh, There's a bunch of things as we go to do what God's called us to do in life, in church, in relationships that you would never expect. I never expected 
that when I met a young lady by the name of Rebecca Lorenz, I never expected that first uh, Bible college chapel of the year to be the place where I'd first see and meet the person who would become my wife. I was not expecting that. I was single and I was looking to mingle and I was not just at that chapel just to worship. I was there to worship God, but not just. I definitely had my eyes open. I wasn't expecting to meet my wife that day. Um, The interesting thing is through Ephesians chapter three that God can do. God is able to do immeasurably more. Um, And if you remember from a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that God actually limits himself to be working in and through us. Um, And and he does that, and he can do more than we ask. I tell you what, there's some Christians and you need a bigger ask. You need to be asking more. You need to be asking bigger because God can do more than you ask. Psalm chapter two and verse eight, uh, it says, ask of me. God says, ask of me and I'll give you the nations as your inheritance. How big can you ask? God wants to give you more. Why? Because the world needs Jesus. The world needs his church. The world needs good life. Come on, good life. It's time to ask. If you ask of God, he'll give you the nations as your inheritance. He can do more than he can. He's able to do more than you ask, but also more than you can imagine. How long has it been since you stopped imagining? Has it been since your childhood days that you let your imagination run wild under the great things that could happen in your life? Has expectations or disappointments actually downgraded your imagining to stuff that doesn't stretch God to do more than you're imagining? God can do more than you can ask and he can do all than you can imagine. Um, And I wonder if God's done what he's done in your life and in your family and through your church, good life. If he's done that already, what else could he do? What else is God's power able to do more than you can ask or imagine? And it always works according to his power that is at work in us. It's not us being lazy, not just waiting for things to happen. This is an active faith and that active faith that according to his power at work is in us. It's not just in me. It's in the gathering together. God wants his church to shout the praises of Jesus to the world and his power is able if I'm united in the us that he calls us to be. But how much you can ask is an interesting concept because I've seen some Christians that think it's greedy to ask. Whereas Matthew chapter six teaches us in the Lord's prayer, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. So I'm gonna start with worship. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I say, God, I submit to your will and to your plan. So there's worship and there's submission to his will. And then where does it go straight on to it? Give us this day. Give us this day. So an asking of God starts with worship and submission to His plan. He says, you're ready now to ask for anything. Give me my daily bread. Let me, I've got a plan. I've got a purpose. God, I want to be a part of the us to see you and your kingdom extended across the face of the globe. He says, ask. It's time to ask. Good life, church. Come on, right where you're at. It's time to get a bigger ask. Turn to the person beside you if there's one beside you and tell them, get a bigger ask. Now, if there's someone else on the other side, say, you've got a big ask. Just say it to them. James chapter four, put it in the chat, but don't make sure there's no typos in that. Get a bigger ask. James chapter four, verses two and three, the continuation of God's 
request of you just to ask of him. Starts with this, you do not have because you do not ask. So God's got great things for you, but will you just ask? Have you let disappointments hold you back? Keep on asking, keep on asking, keep on knocking and the door gets open to you. Verse three, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your pleasures, it says in the New King James Version. Your asking is in line with God because you delight yourself in Him, because you do what Jesus said with the Lord's Prayer, worship and then submission to His plan. He goes, you just ask, you go for it. You won't be asking amiss and you will receive what I've got for you. So if God says, I can do more, immeasurably more than you could ask or imagine, uh, it's interesting because in the message translation of the same verse, it says this, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. How big could your wildest dreams be? Or how easy it is to shrink them because of restrictions and problems and debt and details and mortgages and hex debts and problems and disappointments. It's easy to shrink that imagining, but I wanna encourage us today, get your imagination and let it go wild. Now, if, if, if you're not actually submitting to God's plan, if there's not worship through then God, I submit to your plan, then your imagination will goes wild, probably goes in a really terrible tangent. But when we submit to God and to His plan, I worship Him. And then I say, God, I want your plan in my life. I want to be a part of, of the us that you're creating us to be. He goes, dream wild and I would like to help you achieve that. He can do more than you could request in your wildest dreams. So if He can do more than I would ever ask or imagine, more than my wildest dreams, then if I'm doing this journey right with God, then there's gonna be some surprises. It's gonna be some times where you go, I was not expecting that. I think the police rocking up at church and shutting us down that time was unexpected. I don't know anyone else who said it was, unex it was expected. I know that across all of the family of INC across Australia, we were the only church that got dobbed in and someone tried to shut it down. I worked out the next day that those police were, let's say, inaccurately um, outworking the Health Act they were not reading it accurately. I thought I did. But when they started threatening fines, like that night, $50,000 for the organisation and $5,000 per person, I thought, we can always get some clarification and come back. I was not expecting to have to face the police that day. And, and look, there's going to be some surprises. And I usually like surprises. Not the police doing that. And th they were just doing their job. God bless the police. We love the police, but I didn't really enjoy the interaction with them that night. They were trying themselves to be civil and they were just trying to work out how this all works as they're trying to keep the public safe. But I generally love a surprise. And so I try to pull them off for Beck for birthdays and for anniversaries and all kinds of different stuff. She generally doesn't like it because she likes to be in control. Yes, Rebecca, that's you. Anyway, back over here. So she likes to be in control. And so... Um, she hates a surprise, but she knows I love them. And so because she knows I love them, she tries to pull off these great surprises. And um, because she doesn't love them, she doesn't always do well with them until, let me tell you what, for my 40th birthday, she decided to get a whole bunch of friends, my friends, 
and send me on a boys trip for a week snowboarding in Hakuba, Japan. I've got to say, I wasn't expecting that. What a great surprise. I had more ramen, more gyozas, more powder. I'd never, I'd never snowboarded in powder snow ever before. And I never thought, and it's interesting, we were in the middle of saving for our house to go back to be able to buy a house. Now, we'd owned a house previously, but in the GFC, we had lost everything. Not just our house, but we'd gone into massive debt and we were so close to being bankrupt. Like so close. One well-worded letter off bankruptcy back in 2012. And so in the middle of saving up to get back into our own home that my wife really wanted to nest in and to build a home for our kids, that we'd stop renting and paying someone else's mortgage, she pulled off this amazing surprise. And I wasn't just not expecting the surprise. I wasn't expecting to be loved and appreciated and to grow in love with my wife along that journey. I was not expecting that love could grow. I was not expecting that love would grow like that. I was not expecting the riches of relationship of feeling appreciated and then wanting to thank and appreciate. I was not expecting what it did to my heart. Now the snow was great and the boys trip was awesome and the gyozas were amazing and the ramen was to die for. But I certainly wasn't expecting the feeling that I had in and around my wife and the appreciation there. Acts chapter two. And we're about to get to this right here. You're always wondering when there's a whiteboard when we're gonna to get to it, but we're nearly there. Acts chapter two. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Was that that God moved on these people. And there's a few things you could expect. The first thing is the apostles gather and pray. Well, I kind of expected that they would do that. Um, there was a sound like a rushing wind. And look, if there's a gathering of young men, I've been with a bunch of gatherings of young men. I do kind of expect to sound like a rushing wind. But the third thing that happened, there was a fire that appeared on top of their heads. I was not expecting that. Next thing, you're gonna speak in other languages? Well, I was not expecting that. And then if you read in Acts chapter two, not only are they speaking in other languages, they go out in the street and then everyone around from different countries is like, how do you know my language? You're talking about God. And look, as a pastor, I probably would not choose the avenue of saying, all right, everyone start praying in tongues and now walk down the main street. Could you imagine at Foster Tunkari walking down Wharf Street? Could you imagine walking down the boulevard at Toronto, everyone's speaking in tongues? Now, not only was I, not, I would not expect that, I would not ask that. I would not choose that. But God shows at this point a couple of really, really key things. Number one, don't try to contain, don't try to define and don't try to restrict God and His plan. Number two, it shows us if you let Him guide you and you work together with His plan, with His church, you will end up speaking the language that ends up bringing the world to God. You'll speak the language of lost people and they'll start to understand how brilliant God is along that journey. You won't expect it, but it'll happen. Acts chapter two continues from verse 42 to 47. We see that God actually, uh, the plan that he had, the way that it's structured with church was not just in large group meetings gathered, 
This is a picture of me building a church. I have a church building here. This is a picture of bread, if you didn't know. This is my great artistry. I've prepared it before. That's as good as it gets, people. Um, and then you, uh, hopefully you can read my writing. Some people have the gift of speaking in tongues. I have the gift of writing in tongues. So, um, so church gathered church scattered so they met in large groups they met from house to house and broke bread that's why we do communion in connect groups that's why we're still doing connect groups online right now a service alone is not enough to continue to grow in faith we do communion over a meal because that's what it looks like in the bible we did church scatters they broke bread from house to house and they had one-on-one favor church happened in the wild Now, the journey of Good Life Church has been interesting because Good Life Church has been gathered. I I wasn't expecting us to have to go to online services. I was not expecting that. We had a plan in two years' time. We thought, let's build a team, let's build a resource, let's get it going. And then my global head of communications decided to move overseas and plant a church in Auckland and then her husband is the head of production. And so they, well, he heads with her and all of a sudden they're now combined as campus pastors planting a church in Auckland. And as they leave, we have to start services online. Really inconvenient. And so we had a two-year plan that it would happen. We could work with Tim and Steph with that kind of distance, but it didn't happen in two years, ladies and gentlemen. It had to happen in two nights, considering the fact that the police were still shutting us down with the only INC church in the country shut down in their attempts to actually record services. I was not expecting that. But hasn't it been brilliant? Hasn't it been brilliant not to just go to church, but bring church to the world And we know that we're called to be the church. But we've taken church to the world, ladies and gentlemen. More invitations, more people from around the globe tuning into Good Life Church services and growing in their faith. People saying yes to Jesus. It's been absolutely remarkable. I was not expecting that. As Good Life Gathered had to change and we adapted, I wasn't expecting what God would do. Good Life Church is also scattered. Let's say what's happened while things have changed During this global lockdown, what I'm loving more than ever before and what I'm hoping will be something that we never let go of is that our homes have become sanctuaries. Our homes have become a place where the Word of God is shared more clearly, more accurately, more united as a family. I pray that you and your housemates or you and your family or you and your spouse or you and your parents have had an opportunity to come around the Word of God. I I pray that we would never let go of the way that we've adapted so our homes have become sanctuaries and a place for the Word of God to be shared together. I, I, I didn't expect that, but I really, really love it. You know what else I didn't expect? I didn't expect Ben Perrin's chocolate self-sourcing pudding to become so famous around the dinner tables of good lifers across countries. It's It's a good chocolate self-sourcing pudding. And I've got to say, Ben Perrin encouraging people to do that or like um, do spaghetti, I don't know, do a barbecue, I don't know, invite someone for dinner. But let's be that church that does, that we actually are scattered and we invite people into our world. They might come to church more readily or more easily if I just invited them first to a dinner table and we actually shared around life and I was actually supporting them in that kind of a way. Good life in the wild. Coronavirus changed things and all of a sudden the care factor went up. 
The visits went up. The phone calls went up. I've had so many stories, not just of good lifers who have said, thank you, Pastor Dave, for the team that came around. Not that even I did it. I've made my own visits, my own phone calls. But you know what I've found out? Good lifers that have said, wow, this was so enjoyable to be a part of caring for another person. I pray that that never stops. I pray that we would go, I was not expecting Church in the Wild to be that brilliant. I was not expecting that. But how brilliant it was, and I never want to leave it. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Ephesians chapter three and verse 20. God is able to do more than you could ask. Good Life Church, when Beck and I came to Newcastle nearly 12 years ago, we came, we came asking God to unite us with our new church family. We walked in as the pastors without really knowing anyone, maybe a couple of people but that's from previous relationships and friendships over the years. That God would unite us and use us and what God has done is more. I think about God can do more than you could ask and it's not just in your church, it's in your family. I married my best friend and I just wanted to serve God. It's all I wanted to do. I didn't know if ministry would be my job or I'd have a job doing everything else, whatever it was, and then being in the church when I could as a volunteer. I didn't know that. I couldn't have predicted at that point. I just wanted, I just, I just married my best friend and I wanted to serve God alongside of her. I was not expecting. I was not expecting what God would do. He did more than I could ask. I wasn't expecting that. God is able to do more than you could ask, but He can do more than you can imagine. In good life, when I first came here, I prayed and I paced up and down this auditorium. I don't know how many hours. And I said, God, show me the call of God on this place and show me the steps forward. And God showed us that we were gonna be a multi-site church and we were wanting to do that. And I got that from God before multi-site was cool, ladies and gentlemen. Before it was a thing, we were like, you know, we're gonna be in more places than just Newcastle. And look what God has done. He's done more even in those 12 years than you could ever imagine. But he said that we would be a church that influences the city and then influences the body of Christ. And God is continuing to do more than we could imagine in those areas as well. He's done more than we could imagine. And now we're gonna launch an online service. When we go back to face-to-face services in Foster Tunkari and in Maitland and in Toronto and in Newcastle, and, and, and the guys at Auckland are on the way to starting those. But when we go back to face-to-face services, this is what we started to realise. There are going to be some good lifers that either for health reasons or age or susceptibility to disease are going to say, I'm not going to be there. And what we want to do is to give them a service. We want to continue connect groups. We're going to adapt and we're going to grow. But to do that well is going to take the continual generosity of time and talent and treasure of good lifers. And so for the next coming weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to unpack opportunities that people can be a part of serving God with their time and their talent and their treasure. We get the chance to make history. We get the chance to do something we thought might be short term and take it to the world forever. Ladies and gentlemen, online church is here to stay. 
I can't wait till we come back face to face. But for the people that can't for one reason or another, let's serve them. Let's serve those good lifers. But there's more than just that. I wasn't expecting we were gonna launch an online service so early. But always a part of our dream was to, not just to serve our members that can't come face to face, but to help with our church plants. Could you imagine when we're planting churches across Australia or across the globe that people have already been tuning in with Good Life Church services, that we go to a city like Melbourne or we go to Europe or we go to the Americas or we go to cities through New Zealand or the Pacific and know that people have already knowing that they wanna be living the good life, being the church and unleashing more good. They just wanna be a part of the team with people in their own city. I never would have imagined that we could have done that. That we would have church plants that are paved, the way is paved for by an online service. But what about in your town, in your city, that an online service might be the on-ramp that they actually find Good Life Church? I got friends across the globe that do online services. That's why we'd always plan to get there i got a friend in Topor in New Zealand, in the North Island of New Zealand. And for years, they've had an iPhone on a tripod <laughs> going to Facebook Live. And the amount of people that the pastor, my friend, has said have actually come to their face-to-face church service and either received Jesus or said, I already received Jesus. I just want to be part of the community now. Their church has grown because of that online on-ramp. And we want to provide that. But could you imagine not just opening the doors for people to find Good Life Church services now or to help us towards church plants? Could you imagine people around the globe that you can point to where they can find us and they can find the Lord Jesus Christ? God can do more than you ask. He can do more than you imagine. He can do it through your church. He can do it through you. I never would have imagined that when I married my best friend and we just went, I just want to serve God with you. I never would have imagined the twists and turns and the ups and downs. I never would have imagined the places we've gone around the world or the friends that we've made or the opportunities that we've had. I never would have imagined at age 30, I was well on my way to being a millionaire. I never would have imagined that just a couple of years later would have lost everything. I never would have imagined. I never would have imagined that when I built my dream home and I made the choice to ask my wife, I reckon I could do an owner-builder. I never would have imagined that it would have gone so terribly. I never would have imagined that I would have learned so much about myself and about management that would have set me up to be a church leader who could manage the finances and the buildings and the everything that happens in around church. I never would have imagined that would have been the pathway to learn about myself and to have more skills. I never would have imagined it. I never would have chosen it either. You know, I said to Beck, we should do an owner-builder. She's like, I don't know. I talked to Rinda. We did it with unity. I'm not going to go ahead of my wife. I'm not that stupid. But we did an owner-builder, and it went terribly. And that was the catalyst of us basically losing everything. I never would have expected that the wife that I talked into that journey where she lost her dream home would still love me. I never would have expected it. Never would have. But it's amazing what God does when you can imagine. It's amazing what God does when you can ask. And He'll do it in your life and He'll do it through the us of church. 
It's amazing what God can do. But He does it not just more than you could ask or imagine, but according to His power at work within us. When you discover your purpose, when you go, I want to make a difference, there's a great fulfillment that happens. You're not just in the doing of good, but in the people you get to do with it. When God unites us, we're stronger than the sum of our parts. Good life across five campuses and cities. We are stronger than the sum of our parts. We can plant churches across the globe. We can reach people through online services. Why? Because we're stronger together than the sum of our parts. You could ask and you could imagine and God goes, according to the power at work within us, there's a fulfillment, but there's a power that works when we unite. It doesn't happen when I'm a lone ranger. You're making history, Good Life Church. You're growing, you're learning, your energy is lifting. You're making lifelong friendships in the journey. You planted a church in another country. You built school buildings in Papua New Guinea. You got kids out of, out of, out of, out of um, uh, abject poverty in Kenya. You've helped plant churches across the globe. You've supported pastors across the country. You've seen people come to Christ in the thousands. He can do more than you ask or imagine according to His, at work, his power that is at work in us, I wasn't expecting all that he's done. But if he's done that in this amount of time, what else is he going to do? Could he do more than you ask? Could he do more than you imagine? Yes, according to the power that it's at work within us. But I didn't ever expect his power to work within me because I know, I know the weaknesses. I know the frailties. I know the inconsistencies. I know my strengths and weaknesses. That he would work within me that he would work within you because you know you're inconsistent. You know your fears. You know your sins. You know your excuses. But he still chooses to work within you and me as we unite. His power is at work within us. That's how he's going to do more than you could ask or imagine. Good life, church. The world needs Good Life Church. Your city and your region needs Good Life Church. Your family needs Good Life Church. And so we're gonna dream big. I don't think small dreams excite God or honor God at all. We're gonna dream big. Let's take a service to the globe. Let's take your church campus and put it on the main street. Let's, let's put lights on it. Let's wrap it in a bow. It's the greatest asset that your community has, that your city has, is Good Life Church in the middle of your community. Not just the services when you're together, not just the property, but the people who are shining, the people that are asking big, the people that are imagining big, the people that go, His power is at work within us. And I never would have expected it, but it's remarkable. I can't believe it. You know, Beck and I, We went and we did that house. And we did it in agreement. And in 2012, we were to our last dollar and up to our eyeballs in debt. We were that close to bankruptcy. And we fell on our knees before God and we asked and we imagined. And His power was at work within us. Now that power that worked within us meant that we had to work our tail off and to get ourselves out of debt. You know what you do? You throw more money at the debt than you have to. You know, to do that, we had to live so frugally. 
the expenditures on random things out the door had to stop because that debt, the Bible says, flee debt like a gazelle flees from a hunter. You need to get some gazelle intensity in your life to be able to flee that. We got out of debt and we started to build a nest egg towards getting to our own home again. And we built up a nest egg and then we had an opportunity to roll that nest egg into a business and we didn't have enough for the business. And so you know what we did? We went to the garage and we saw, you know what Beck did? She sold all of my toys on eBay. Gumtree was filled with my surfboards and paddle boards, all my birthday gifts. At least she went to her cupboard and started selling clothes and all sorts of different things and knickknacks and jewelry and all sorts of different stuff. We sold everything. We went nuts. The whole place went empty. I'm pretty sure the kids thought maybe we're next. And I nearly, no, no, we we didn't nearly go there. But the deal was we went there because we were united, because God's work was within us and it took some work. It took some faith in Him because we're asking God for great things and we're imagining for great things. We put it into this business and we went in debt free because we weren't gonna make that mistake ever again. And then we got to the end of last year and we went, it's time to sell the business. We thought it was a God season and a God timing. And we prayed and I said, God, when we put it on the market, I wanna sell it within eight days. God, will you? we wanna sell this within eight days. And I thought that's an audacious prayer. But I thought God can do more than I ask. And guess how many days it took to sell the thing? Six days. But let me tell you, the person that brought it, two days after we had the handover and exchange and finances. They started because the business was in the wedding industry. Cancellation after cancellation after cancellation. I walked out from that business with $30,000 more than I thought I would. Sold it in six days. Could you imagine if we sold it in the eight that I'd prayed for? God can do more than you can ask. I asked for six, but you do more than you could imagine. I never imagined walking out with that amount of blessing and then avoiding the tough times of coronavirus. Now I know that's my story. And you go, it's not that easy for me. Well, remember we lost everything in the last downturn. God can do more than you can ask or imagine. And it's not just in my finance, but it's according to the power that's at work within us. You know what? 11 days ago, we walked in to the house of our dreams that I was able to go to the bank with the deposit and say to the bank, here, is more than we ever asked for. He's more than we ever imagined. And so we walked into that house 11 days ago. And my wife didn't say, you idiot, you bozo for talking me into that owner builder because we lost everything. We wouldn't have had that fight of the last 12 years for all those problems. She hugged me and she said, thank you for your hard work. Thank you for all those hours on the road and all those dodgy clients you had to deal with while we're building church and we're being pastors of the great good life family. Thank you so much. And all I had was tears. God can do more than you ask or imagine. How could I ever think that I could love my wife more today than the day that we were married? Because God's done more than we could ask or imagine according to the work that was in work within us. There's marriages that you need God to work within the us, not just you separately, within the us. There's people today and God's gonna unite your heart with the church and go, how can I be a part of church, gathered church, scattered in church in the world? Because I don't wanna miss out on God working His power within us. Come on, let me pray for you. Father, I pray today, Lord God, that you would unite the us. The world needs good life. 
And it needs us to be in, in large group gatherings, whether they be online or in face-to-face. God, that we would do it scattered, Lord God, with homes and chocolate self-sourced pudding and dinner tables and invitations. That God, the world needs good life, Lord God, as we go one-on-one into workplaces and places of study into homes and neighbourhoods. God, the world needs good life, Lord God. So we unite and we ask big and we imagine big and we know that you're gonna work within us. God, I pray that you would unite our hearts, unite our faith. Lord God, and I pray, Lord God, for a bigger spirit, an audacious spirit of big asks that come from the people of Good Life Church. God, that we would open up our imagination to see and to dream bigger and more than ever before. Father, have your way in every good lifer. Father, I thank you. You can do more than we ask or imagine according to your power at work within us. Work within us, God. Our hearts are yours. In Jesus' name.